Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio, you've got Ian, Mark, and Aria. And the trial did finally begin. There was Most of the day was jury selection today for the, the Crypto 6 case, which I am a part of. And you are the only one left of the Crypto 6. Correct. Um, and the... Uh, let's see. Then there was opening statements was kind of the last thing to happen today, and it was that uh, was a very interesting part of the whole situation. The bad news seems to be that there's no online feed. I'm sorry. Uh, that there was. Oh, did, did anyone think that there was going to be? It seems like a realistic possibility. Yeah, there was a chance. Uh, Mark Sisti, my attorney, did ask the judge about it. The judge says that's never happened before. You know, well, that's no reason not to do it, indeed. though. Yeah, but these guys don't like to be first, right? Sure. They don't. They don't want to get smacked down by some higher court or or whatever. Saying what the, the original... trial wasn't fair because people could see it on the internet. That finally there's a little light shown on yeah. uh, federal well, court. There have been studies that show that you know if you have cameras pointed at people, and this is obviously not cameras, but if you have cameras pointed at people in a courtroom, it predisposes a jury to find that person guilty. There have already been studies that show this. So Interesting. I suspect these same uh, hypotheses. But there was would... already a camera pointed at everybody uh, today. Well, they have cameras in that courtroom. Yes, but I mean, in like live You're referring to media camera, like media yes, cameras. Like with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard mm-hmm. thing, you don't want that in a criminal trial because it influences a jury in subtle ways. I, I guess are there the, actually studies on that? Yes. Uh, when we first started talking about it, uh, the possibility of having the trial live streamed, mm-hmm. we ended up looking into it. And I found, I want to say it was a study, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know to what extent it was scientific or to, or what sort of sample size they had. But they had numbers that were significant and meaningful. Wow. Okay. I don't remember that. I remember looking up the federal court rules, and one of which was instituted in like 1946. To prohibit all media from being able to record in any form, whether it be video or audio, in a federal court, and their excuse was that they believed that it would uh, having a, a camera in there, for instance, would change how the witnesses behaved, which could influence a jury. That's also true negatively towards the defendant. That was the claim, but to me, it's just a, a BS claim that is, you know, an excuse. To prevent, as you said, Mark, light from being shown on the federal court uh, situation. Because there's plenty of you Well, know, anyone trials. could go there if they wanted to. Yeah, but that, but anyone can't go there. Because- and they said that this was the most attended trial. Well, the, the one bailiff said is most attended he had seen. You don't need to put a camera like right in the courtroom. They, I never saw the camera. And... I w- but I was sitting in the other courtroom watching the feed. Mm-hmm. Right. And that feed it's itself... On the walls... And yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? Because I don't, I don't really have a strong opinion on this one way or the other. But, but I, you read I, it. And this is a study. Yeah, but I could see re- reporting a study isn't voicing my opinion mm-hmm. on the matter. But I could see why a judge would still be hesitant, even with a defendant saying, look, I'm fine with this being you know, broadcast out over the Internet or on television or whatever, because let's say you do come to believe at the end of the trial that it did impact the jury, that you mm-hmm. you hear it through rumors or yeah. back channels or whatever, that this jury trial. thought you were guilty because of this, and suddenly you're appealing it. Well, that was the claim from the courts in the 1940s, right. was that somebody had said that they didn't get a fair trial, and it got overturned, but their conviction was overturned by an appeals court. So that was the big claim. But it's like, you know what, I'm, I'd be happy to sign a... 
a statement saying, you know, I'm going to waive any ability to appeal based really? on that. Absolutely. Like, I think I it's never, really important. I never to get saw it. you being willing to waive any right for any reason. If I want to get a camera in the courtroom and they said, okay, yeah, we'll let cameras in, but you cannot appeal based on the fact that cameras were in the court, then I'd be like, yeah, sure. Okay. That's totally okay. fine. Yeah, that sounds fair. But you'd still be able to appeal for other reasons. Yeah, presumably. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I just wouldn't say, oh, the cameras prejudiced me when I asked for the cameras to be there. Right. Yeah, but see, so. most people do operate that way. They do insane stuff like that, where, sure. where they ask for cameras to be there, and then when it in the process, you would probably be the only person ever to have their federal trial, <laughs> you know, uh, televised because nobody would give up the right. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think I, they probably would give up the right, but then they they would attempt to sue because they they were misled into believing that it was okay to give up the right. Why would a defendant care to have their uh, trial broadcast? I mean, besides Ian's crazy ass. Um, because why? I want the truth to get out. I suspect most I know why you right. want it to yeah. get out. I suspect I, most people would want their trials to be watched and attended. The difference is most people don't have any reason to believe that people would tune in to watch their trials. Well, not defendants that actually did it, right? Like, they probably want to keep that quiet. They probably want to keep that, that closed. They don't, want to, they don't want to show all the evidence against them for a crime they actually committed to the whole world. They'd rather keep that to just whoever's in the courtroom. If there's some reporters there, then oh well. It's like they uh, said in Shawshank, it's not a guilty person in our prison system. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but if, as far as if you've got, you know, nothing to hide and you're ready to go to trial and, you know, put it all out there for people to see, then I think that everybody should see it, which is why I go and I record trials regularly here in New Hampshire. And no one has ever said to me in all the all of the trials I've recorded and I've recorded days worth of trials. I have no idea yeah. how many days of my life I have spent in various New Hampshire state courts, district courts and superior courts recording various trials over the last 15 years, mostly in the last probably 12 or, or so years, uh, but not one person has ever said to me, it's because of your camera is why I lost this case. You Certainly know, not. No, no one has ever said that for a moment. Today, we got opening statements from uh, the prosecution and from your lawyer. Correct. And the defense. Yep. I, I want to know how you felt about it. Uh, it was about what I expected from the feds, which was a bunch of, you know, half truths and lies, essentially, to... Okay. Uh, you know, paint me as some sort of a bad guy who's been obviously scamming and uh, teaming up with scammers, which I'm very interested to see what evidence they present of uh, of that. Because... Arm in arm was the terminology they used. <laughs> the amazing thing to me is that, like, if if challenged on this, and you know, the half truths and the immorality of of what they're doing, the prosecutors would say, "Well, you know, we're just doing our jobs. It doesn't matter if we believe these things are true or not. This mm-hmm. it is our job to present them in this way." But so your job is to is to do things that are actively immoral and to be dishonest. You're okay yeah. with this? Yes. Well, I'll tell you know, and I don't well, know. Um, you know, they, they, we pronounce the word uh, we pronounce lawyer liar where I'm from. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, they're all that way as far as I'm concerned. But I, the the lady who gave the opening arguments, this Georgina McDonald, mm-hmm. this is the one that open faced lied about you. Lied yeah. about me. Now she didn't make a mistake. She made an assumption and then assumed the very worst about an occurrence. So what happened was a cell phone. But that's what evil people do. I mean, because they always are the worst themselves. 
I don't know what why she did it, but I know she did it. Um, I was on the phone with the probation officer uh, talking to for the the pre trial something or other the bail bail hearing thing, trying to give some evidence for Ian. And oh, that's right, you were on the phone with I believe uh, my own supervisory officer. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Is she Corinne? still your yes. supervisory officer? Yes. Well, I want to apologize if she gets mad at you for what I'm about to say. She's not um, get mad at me. She I didn't do anything. Did she? Um, when it was decided to wait to the very last minute before Ian's trial uh, was going to be in like a couple of hours to call me. You mean she, the hearing too? Whatever bail it was. The detention yeah. hearing. The, the, the hearing. And I'm uh, trying my very best to get a hold of, you know, to, to contact people, but I really can't do anything. I'm sitting in Mexico with a cell phone. What mm. am I supposed to do? Um, oh, you're in Mexico. Well, that means you're dishonest. That's right. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of weird things. And I was on a way to an appointment. I can't control where the cell phone towers are in Mexico. And oh, come on, Mark. Yes, you can. The call dropped. And now I don't know what uh, your probation officer said to this Georgina McDonald, but I can say that between the two of them, the worst case scenario was cooked up, which was, and as soon as she asked about the financial stuff, he hung up. <laughs> now, to say I hung up when the call dropped is a lie. They don't deal honestly when it comes to getting plea deals, right? No, like they no. lie to you. They'll say anything. They will lie to you to get you to take that plea deal because it doesn't matter. There's no punishment for them if you get to prove later on, aha, this person was not honest with me. That was well, one of the questions I had for them when they were like, well, you, you, you'll just have to take this at our word at some point in the past you know, year or whatever it was when I was talking to the prosecutors. I was like, okay, I understand that. But what happens if I lie to you? And they're like, well, you can be charged and indicted or whatever. And I was like, okay, what happens if you lie to me? The answer, of course, is nothing. Yes. They, they, they can lie to you all they want because they're cops. You actually asked them this question? Yes. And what did they say? They said, they said nothing happened. <laughs> they admitted that. They okay. said, they said, non-responsive answer. <laughs> yeah, they said, we're not, li- not going to lie to you. We're being we're, honest. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we're the good guys. We don't tell lies. And if we do tell <laughs> lies, it's in pursuit of the truth. To be fair, <laughs> they did present it to me in a reasonable, reasonable way, which was that you know they have many, many more years with which to work, uh, not with, but in tandem with my attorney, Richard Guerriero. And it wouldn't do them any good in the long run if they had a habit of lying to his clients because he would then advise them in the future, look, you can't trust these Mm. people. They're going to lie to you. But that isn't he advising people of that already? You can't trust these people. They're going to lie to you. I should. I don't want to speak too much (laughs) as to what my attorney has or hasn't advised me about. Got it. However... That's the truth of the matter. Well, that that was how they portrayed it, is that they have to be honest because it's in the long run, it's beneficial to them to be honest, which is, as a libertarian, that strikes true with me. That's why all people are honest. Sure, in the short term, it may benefit you to steal from your employer or whatever, but in the long run, you're much better served by having a good reputation of being honest. So, Indeed. But – they are, you know, literally paid to lie to people and do immoral things and, you know, execute violence against people. So it's kind of hard for me to just take them at the word that there will be consequences for immoral behavior yeah. when they're paid to. I find the uh, adversarial uh, criminal justice system to be a problem. Um, the idea that the state is paid to convict its citizens rather than finding, you know, who was hurt and you know, what way were they hurt? How can it be made good? And then working within a conflict to find out what the truth is and come to some kind of justice. Like, I find that to be something much more laudable because bad things happen. 
right? And people are responsible. Sometimes people are responsible for those bad things. And I think that, you know, absolutely. But this adversarial system where it's, um, you know, the in the the defendant's best interest to just lie and lie and lie about their involvement and um, in the prosecution's uh, best interest to lie and lie and lie about whatever they can come up with. It's just isn't this isn't justice. We were covering some California news. Of course, there's always crazy stuff happening in California. And now there's another story about another what sounds like hard left teacher who is inculcating and indoctrinating the students. And is this a high school or where's this where's this one taking place? Uh, It doesn't say what grade she teaches from what I can tell if they did. Well, it is a high school, but it doesn't say what year. And that's they bury that pretty deeply in the article. Got it. So this is from Fox News, because when I run out of interesting stuff on Drudge Report, you know, I'm limited still in what I can and can't do on the Internet. Fox News is one of the news sites that I am allowed access to. So I tend to go there and it's it it generally hits the same chords all the time. It's just Mm -hmm. crazy right wing propaganda, right? Like the drag queens are coming and they're corrupting our kids, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's just what they have. So a self-identified cringy. California English teacher, which makes me wonder. She self-identifies as cringy? That's what they're saying. But I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, right? No one wants to be cringy. I've never heard that before, yeah. When I describe someone as cringy, it's Bonnie smirking. I don't know. I don't know. She knows something we don't. She uses that term. I know, but it's a bad thing. Yeah, it is. You don't want to be cringy, but evidently this teacher does. She claims that she combats white supremacy BS in her classroom by teaching children by teaching students about the overemphasized importance of grammar usage and writing rules. Marta Schaffer, a tenured English teacher at Oroville High School, began the academic year by teaching parts of linguistics as a way of, quote, fighting white supremacy in my classes. <laughs> okay. According oh, to I her post. Oh, I can predict posts. how this is going to go. So she's going to say that grammar rules are too white and that, um, therefore, we need to be, as long as we understand what people are trying to communicate, that uh, the, 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 in anything beyond whatever understanding of the sentences is, then uh, that's the, you know, that's the, the grammar Nazi stuff. Uh, presumably, but I mean, that's not really speculation. She just sort of has said that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, has she said it yet? <laughs> but, well, she said this. She Well, she says she's fighting white supremacy by teaching that parts of linguistics are... Don't make me reread everything I just read again, but that's essentially what she said. The importance of grammar usage and writing rules when overemphasized wait, are wait, white wait. supremacy. What she's saying is, sounds like... She sounds like it's a racist statement. She She sounds like she's saying that people who are not white cannot speak properly. She did not say that. She could believe that... Overemphasizing the rules is white supremacy without necessarily implying that, you know, black people don't speak English good or whatever it is that she would be suggesting. I don't think that's what she's saying, but who knows? Her goal is to be inclusive of all kinds of ways we use the language, according to Schaeffer. Including the wrong ones. That's what she's saying. Well, well, uh, it gets on. worse. I, I'm very interested in that, but I I would like to point out that there's a reason that the sort of adult version of a grammar book is called a style guide, mm-hmm. and that's because so long as you follow the basics as far as grammar goes, anything beyond that is style. So, for instance, I like to use the serial comma in here, and I know that at one point or another you have uh, claimed to be a fan of the serial comma. The Oxford comma. 
Is that the same thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, no, Oxford comma is what pretentious people that like the serial comma call it. I'm, I'm using the Oxford comma. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, and it's clear, and it's necessary. Mark <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, doesn't put us to be to be clear here. You don't like the Oxford, the Oxford do, comma is a bunch. Of, it's just you can mark your paper up with all kinds of dots and tittles if you want. You literally just said you use it. You did say I you do not use it. use it. I thought you said you use the. What was it? The other term? The serial for comma? No, I do not use the serial oh, comma. Okay. You said you did. It, well, you if did I did, then did. I made a mistake. I do okay, not so use it. Well, should. I thought I said, and I believe you have uh, suggested that you like this thing. I love so, it. You should use it yeah. because it increases clarity in speech. There's uh, times when it increases clarity, and I think you should writing, use rather. it at those times. And there's times when it does Can not. Can we define what we're talking about here? Sure, if I may. So if we have a list, um, you know, in the studio today, we have Ian, comma, Aria, and then this this is where the serial comma would come in. Mm-hmm. Aria, serial comma, or Oxford comma. If See, you you've already thrown too many words out, and you've lost the explanation you would have. And Ian, Mark. Comma, Ian, comma, Aria, comma, and Mark. Right. Whereas I it's would the say... the comma before the and. The comma yes, before the and. That's the way to say it. Things. Um, so and that some is, people say it shouldn't be used. But it should be used. And apparently Mark's saying you shouldn't I say it. you should use... Mark should be ignored. You should use <laughs> punctuation to disambiguate sentences. Mm-hmm. And if, therefore, an Oxford comma is necessary, you should use it. But there, just in the, there's as many examples where the Oxford comma is an ambiguation as opposed to a disambiguation. But the problem is, is when you start using this useless little thing, nearly useless little thing, <laughs> you, get, you get this... You just get a bunch of marks all over your paper and there's commas after every word. Well, it's all ultimately useless. There's no reason to put an apostrophe S to denote possessiveness. We could just put the S there, and sure, 99% of the times, the, the, the reader is going to understand exactly what you mean. The, but you're not going to argue for the apostrophe to be removed or for ha- commas to be removed altogether. Well, you apparently, can... this teacher is arguing for just that. Look at this lady. She she just looks like a joy to be around, doesn't uh, she? Yeah. I mean, that is exactly what I would expect someone who's teaching that grammar is white supremacy to look like. Maybe I should pull up her TikTok. Right. Uh, what's what's this? What's the lady's TikTok? Interestingly username? enough, they clipped that out of the image, so okay. I I uh, okay. don't know. You can probably find her name. That's Marta M A R T A Schaffer S H A F F E R. Okay. You can probably find her that way, but they actually clipped out. Her actual TikTok username, because they do have a screenshot here yeah. of her TikTok, but they just barely clipped it out. That was kind of a jerk move from Fox News. But anyway, according to Schaffer, expectations for students to use proper grammar and syntax is part of white supremacy culture that, quote, runs deep. Keep in mind, she's an English teacher. It's her job to teach students the proper grammar and syntax. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that because it's racist for me to teach you this stuff. Absolutely insane. I try well, to... Uh, I mean, having spoken to somebody who's been in high school relatively recently, they don't even teach, uh, I mean, spelling. They don't teach things like they used to. Um, in what way? They've changed quite a bit about it all, and this person knows nothing about what a gerund is. Or well, thank God you don't want to know what a gerund is. It's pointless. That's an adjective used as a noun, right? I think it's a use uh, a verb used as a noun. A verb. It's a uh, verb used I-N-G. as a noun. Okay. What is the benefit in knowing that? I don't know. 
um, the uh, I, because there isn't one. There's like I the, I haven't uh, you know what what is that when you diagram a sentence? Uh, I haven't I, diagrammed many sentences since high school. I did that in my senior year. That was the only time I've ever done it. Obviously, it, it's no benefit whatsoever. And I don't want to be the type of person who's you know, taking who's calculating the area of a circle in geometry class going, when am I ever going to need this? But the reality is you're never going to need this. You're almost never going to need it. Uh, never in my life. And again, having written thousands of pages of text, never in my life have been like, huh, I should have used a gerund there. Or thank goodness I know what a gerund is. There's a huge difference between learning things solely for the sake of learning them and learning something that's actually useful. And I, and I would categorize diagramming sentences and gerund as learning something solely for... If you want to be an English major, you want to dive deep into the language and have a full comprehensive understanding of it, then certainly you would need to understand how to diagram sentences and gerunds and all of these other obscure... Does anyone major in English still, like English as in grammar? Somebody does. They, they, That's usually probably they probably how you go become- on to be a teacher. I found her. Uh, her TikTok is Schaefer or Schaffer uh, loves to read, and this is allegedly the clip. Thanks to as long as it's not too correct. Yeah, I'm just going to play this, presuming it's not profane. Here we as go. As an educator, I am constantly worried if I am part of the problem. What do I mean by that? Well, public education is an institution that upholds lots of problematic systems in our society, like white supremacy and misogyny and colonization, etc. In my role as an educator, I try to undermine that BS in my classroom as much as I possibly can. I teach high school English and whoo, the white supremacy runs deep. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at how we write essays. Start with an introduction that includes a thesis. Always cite your sources. Use transition words like however and therefore. These are all made up rules. Of course they're made up Always rules. cite your sources is white, white supremacy? supremacy? My God. I'm way less concerned about that and her and the next parts. Uh, where she references styles, essentially. Well, Therefore, and however, I'm fine with this. St- I'm fine with it. But like, you know, the the statement that always cite your sources. You know, do good research is somehow, um, you know, relegated to white people is about the racist thing, most racist yeah. thing I've ever. I'm seen. I'm telling you, this lady is a racist. She's she one is of these a liberal racist. ass racist. Yeah, she's one of these liberals who thinks that she's fighting for. You know, racial racial equality right. when she's actually secretly racist, whether she realizes that or not. Is I'm another fine question. with style, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, uh, style can be used in a variety of different ways. Mark Mark Twain, arguably a pretty not racist guy for his time uh, frame, sure, um, managed to use for oh, Jim the uh, yeah. Let's not yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, uh, right, Jim, the character in uh, his uh, which one was it? Huckleberry Tom Finn. Sawyer. Was it Tom Sawyer? Wait. I think it was Huckleberry Finn. It was Finn. Huckleberry Finn. Um, that, uh, was Jim the black guy? Jim was the black guy. Okay. And Jim, uh, you know, like his diction was, so you could understand when he was talking, mm-hmm. like it was him. Sure. And you, I, you did. You felt like you were there. You felt like you knew Jim. You, you got the experience. That is, ladies and gentlemen, how you use style. Sure. Uh, let me go on here. She's got a little bit more to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I need to know what she has to say. So, again, she says these rules are arbitrary, which, of course, all rules are, you know, somebody made this crap up. She's right about that. At some point, someone said, this is the way it should be done, right? How this all, how these rules all came about, I don't know, but that's the way they are. I mean, if she really wanted to be helpful, there, there are ways that she can make a TikTok video where pe- someone would write, 
the dog did run across the street. Well, the issue with that isn't proper grammar or anything like that. It's just weak language. Instead, change, scrap all of that and say the dog ran, ran. across the street. It's, it's shorter. It's more concise. Sydney, you're on in Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking my call. Sure. Welcome. Go um, ahead. I actually first wanted, to, I first wanted to talk about actually calling the radio because yeah. I called a local radio station uh, uh, the other day, and um, I just find it to be so nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I think probably a lot of people feel the same way. It yeah. gets very, like, you know, the anxiety builds up. I don't. I don't breathe. consider it to be anxiety when I do it. It's an adrenaline rush. It's like it's exciting, right? Like you're on in front of an un, indeterminate amount of people. You have no idea how many people are listening. But we're to performers, that. right? No, no, For no, the no. average person, well, you know, stage fright and all of these sorts of things but are going to kick in. There's something about calling in. Because I'll tell you, I uh, do it. Yeah, I do not have this experience when I'm on the radio. But if I pick up the phone and I call into a radio show, like I can feel the adrenaline, like I can feel that it's affecting me uh, in my ability to, you know, express myself on on whatever show that is. This happens to you as well. Well, yeah. sure, your, your time's limited in a different way. That's true as well. And, yeah, uh, the pressure is on. Your right? your uh, the pressure is to be entertaining. Every word that comes out of your mouth, the, the words hang up you on can you. control yeah. uh, need to be entertaining. Otherwise, you're going to get hung up. That's on. true. And yeah. whereas as a host, I know I'm here until the end of the segment at the very least, unless I start flipping out and cussing <laughs> you out and calling you a bamf and a variety of things and storming out <laughs> yeah. once was enough you yeah. gotta look that up on youtube folks you make it's a, funny you make a good point i never considered that that the difference being that the pressure is sort of on when you're calling into a show versus hosting the show yeah. that that does kind of explain the the key difference but yeah. so sydney i mean are you having that experience right now if so just take a deep breath exactly remember. Yes. take a deep breath <sighs> I appreciate that you guys gave me a little bit of an interlude. You know, that actually gave me a little bit more grounding. Yeah, and, it's also uh, helpful you know, to take I've, notes sometimes. Uh, so, like, it's, I've been lost before. I'll call in to a show and I'll have something I want to get out. But then, you know, the host will take you off in a different direction. Then I'll grab what was I originally trying to say. Yeah, so just making a few bullet points. You're not going to have a chance to get a whole dissertation out, obviously. But just hitting the the, the strong points that you want to make sure you hit. That's not a bad idea. It keeps you kind of focused and, and centered during the call. Anyway, go ahead, Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely use the notes idea because that does help me just keep focus of what it is I want to say. Mm-hmm. So other than just, you know, the, that anxiety of calling in and, you know, getting your opinion out and uh, being heard, I wanted to talk about your case and you specifically because I, I, I check up on you guys every, you know, here and there. I've been to Pork Fest. I tune oh, cool. in, and I just so happened to tune in today, heard it was the first day of this trial. Am I right? Yeah. I just caught, like, the last part of that last section. Correct. Yeah, it's, uh, it was the uh, opening statements yeah. today yeah. after jury selection, so that's what we got through. Yeah, and over the years, I mean, there's been people that have seemed to come in and out. There's a few people that have always been around. Uh, I personally really like Conan. I think yeah. he's one of the best people. We love Conan. Around. But I wanted to talk about you and the fact that I also read on freekeen.com, it seems like the Crypto 6 became the Crypto 1. Yep, that happened, unfortunately, but that's how it goes. You know, I mean, there, there's still the six people that were charged, and the five of those people have had, let's call it an injustice done to them. Absolutely. Every and single most one of, those of them people. aren't happy about it. Ari is sitting here. I... Uh, 
publicly was it publicly i i asked in a uh group chat uh for aria to take the pleas so that aria could um so that so the free talk live would be saved i suspect she didn't do it for your reasons Mark. i'd let aria uh, uh re, you but, know uh, say what her reasons were but i'd, I'd like to take responsibility because yeah. i asked let's go to perry calling us from california listening to k talks go ahead perry yes uh the other day i was listening to the news and they were talking about uh, the 90 billion dollars that they gave to uh ukraine sure and counting i'm sure they're yeah, not done 38 billion i think uh, biden mm-hmm. i think he was talking about giving another 30 but anyhow yeah yeah the point is we can't track any of this money they said of course not and the thing is i'm thinking you know i like to, i like to listen to conspiracies you know especially on the radio mm-hmm. but you know i was thinking how would they how would they divide up some of that money for the politicians, the Justice Department, let's say, the CIA, the, you know, whoever, the FBI, the FBI. How would they, would they actually just get suitcases from the printing press? I mean, I, I, it's interesting to think about how, how they do this. Stuff. Yeah, that's a good question. How are they delivering the billions upon billions of dollars, the 90 plus billion to Ukraine? Is it a wire transfer or are they actually bringing over pallets full of cash? I think they're probably mm-hmm. buying things from American weapons distributors and then bringing the weapons over. No, no, no. There's weapons being given to them. Sorry, uh, Perry. As I understand it, there's weapons being given and actual $90 billion in, in U.S. dollars. Okay. Uh, sounds like just a wire transfer. I think the people that are manufacturing the weapons are kicking back the 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 politicians and the people in Washington, too, as well. Uh-huh. Sure, of course they are. What is Ukraine I supposed think- to do with 90 billion U.S. dollars, though? Whatever they want to do with it. I know, well, but... They've been, they, they've been giving money to other countries for years. You know, they, they, this, this is not anything new. I right, mean, yeah, this he, is foreign aid. It's just Ukraine's getting the bulk of the foreign aid right now compared to, you know, most of the rest of the countries in the world. There probably is a billion here and a billion there for, you know, some African countries and a few billion for Middle Eastern countries or whatever. And then Ukraine's getting $90 billion in the last year. Uh, can I just say this last thing? Sure. We, 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 we actually, at the American people... Uh, we're, we're paying more attention. If we could, we could. Uh, we're not going to change all this in our lifetime. I, I can tell you that. But however, uh, we've got homeless in every city. We've got uh, roads and bridges and infrastructure, airports, tunnels, military. Uh, you know, you name it. We we need to take care of America, and we got and we got to quit. Uh, we got we got to change our, our our system has gotten completely complete in so many ways. I know I don't have time to explain it tonight. <laughs> I just I I, I love talking about the government why is america the greatest nation on the what's, what's so good about this thing because because we have liberty in our bones in our blood and our in our soul we have you know i'm getting have, sentenced we, we, by we, the we, federal we, government we, we, next we month right you can't listen if he's God. talking yeah. well he's not he we has to stop talking but perry the evidence suggests that's not true if you look at the last couple of years with the covid crackdowns and people's just massive obedience to the state and its diktats it seems that the opposite's true and that most americans love being told what to do that's only because the government has been brainwashing and dumbing down and indoctrinating well what makes you think uh, you can undo that damage well what they're trying to do they're, they're trying to change america they're trying to take they away did liberty. they did it's done well liberty's dead enough. man it's it's over the only chance liberty has yeah, if people actually care about liberty is for 
convention of states or something so we can take it back. Never going to happen. And besides, even if you called a convention of states, it would be a bunch of anti-liberty people that would fill that convention of states up because that's where America's at these days. And it's not going to turn around. It is going into total tyranny mode until the American federal government completely crumbles. There is no other way out of this. There's no turning around the ship of state at the national level. The best chance that liberty has in the United States. Now, I know Mark would say just get the hell out, move to Honduras or somewhere else in the world, and that's an option. But as far as the U.S. is concerned, getting out of the United States, having one state attract the most liberty-minded people, because there are some of us out there, right? Like, that's why, Aria, you and I, and, and thousands of others, hang on, Perry, that's why a bunch of us moved here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project or the New Hampshire Freedom Migration to gather our numbers together in one geographic area because we understand that there's no chance in the other 49 states. So that's well, they, why uh, But all here. the things you complained about as far as liberty dying happens here in New Hampshire. Not as bad. New Hampshire is the freest state of all the 50 states. <laughs> you know, Ari is getting, sent, uh, uh, getting sentenced next well, month, right? Well, he's on a trial, so that's I mean, that's a moot point, that's that's a moot point that. with Ian. The, the federal government is, well, I mean, the United, New Hampshire is the United States. Is your criticism that New Hampshire hasn't been successful yet? My criticism is is that um, oh, here we it is both a bad idea <laughs> to leave the United States and that leaving the United States is the only successful way uh, for New Hampshire to be more free. And that is a but, real difficulty for the whole situation. If New Hampshire leaves the United okay, States... Okay, back New- to the caller's point, though. This, this idea that, you know, this Constitution is somehow going to make things better. If the Constitution had worked at all, we wouldn't be in this situation Thanks. now. You know, Biden has let, let in uh, a lot of people. I mean, what, five million? I don't, I'm not even sure exactly the count now from uh, around the world, you know, from prisons around the world. You know, letting them into our country, immigrants. Okay. Yes, we uh, import people from prisons what what do you what what no no, 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 they're letting them in the border without knowing who they are we're letting letting that sounds like straight up propaganda yeah that's there's there's probably a lot of propaganda biden has continued the same kinds of crackdowns as trump was doing before him and obama basically the same person they show pictures on they show pictures of thousands and every day thousands of people coming in our our who's they but anyway the, the, uh, like Fox, Newsmax. Uh, Do these people shows. bother you being here? No, no. What I'm saying is... Then what's uh, the problem? Okay, here's the, here's the thing. They're giving driver's licenses to, in several states like California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, uh, all over the, you know, New Jersey, Massachusetts, all over the country. They're giving them, and they're voting Democrat. Now, here's the thing. What's the problem? Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, That's also a mythology as well. I mean, I'm sorry. Just to say because somebody is an immigrant means they're going to vote Democrat is not fair. There's a lot of conservative Hispanics that migrate here to uh, to the United States. So I don't I don't well, buy that claim. We're paying three hundred sixty thousand dollars a day just for their cell phones that Biden gave them. Stop paying for it then. Well, no, the taxpayers are forced to pay it. We have to. We, they, okay, so the issue it. here is that you're being forced to pay for things you don't support, not the immigrants. Well, no, no, the immigrants. I'm married to an immigrant, but she came illegally. But I, I've been married 27 years to uh, a Mexican lady. Uh, I didn't. I didn't but, say anything about that. I'm pointing out that the issue here is that you're being anybody coming in from any country in the world. But I, I don't want gang members coming in. I don't want people that are. I don't want them either. 
Okay, but to clarify, your issue here is not with the immigrants, whether legal or illegal. Your issue is with being taxed to pay for things you don't agree to to pay for. Yeah. By the way, I I help. So let's get rid of the welfare system. Well, but he also said he's against. Hold on, Perry. You also said you're against so-called gang members coming in here, which suggests that you want to see a big government bureaucracy to interview and harass every single person that's trying to come to the United States. Not not to do it that way, no. Not to, 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 what way to would you do it? Well, to do our best to find out if, if, if they're going to be too hard, they can, they're going to do any carjackings or, or, or rapes. Okay. Or, yeah, because they're going to uh, tell you. So, Mark, you had a question for Perry when we started this segment. I didn't write it down. You happen to remember what, what it was? <laughs> what was the pinnacle I of liberty to, in American yeah, history? Yeah, w- w- okay. at what moment in time was America the freest? Perry? Well, I, I, I think I think when Patrick Henry said, "Give me liberty or give me death," is is a is a was a turning point in our country. Uh, there's several of them, but uh, how do you think way, that have, black people feel when they hear that, Clark, though? Clark ran for a president back in 1980 as a libertarian, and I I registered over 2,000 people, almost 2,500 people in California as libertarians. Okay, well, well you're I getting also, ahead of yourself. You, the question was about when was America at its pinnacle, and you said John Adams was that right? Uh, Patrick Henry. He Henry. basically said back when there were a bunch of slaves, as Mark pointed out. He made a speech. And he said, give me liberty or give me death. Okay. And I, uh, and but I, what about the Here's slaves? what I would say. is, is The I United like, States has I like a— your state. I like your state when it says, uh, live free or die. Yeah, I yeah, Perry. The, but Mark had a response, so can, right. let's get him in here. My response to that is the United States has a patchwork history when it comes to liberty. And I, you're right. I like the Constitution, uh, you know, the, the ideas that, that people can put behind the Constitution, the idea of limited federal government. I like these ideas. I like give me liberty and give or give me death. But the reality is, is that if you're talking about words written in 1775 when uh, some Americans owned other Americans, then it doesn't feel good to hear that when it might have been your ancestors who were being owned. Well, here's the deal. Uh, At that time. It wasn't just America that had slaves. No, it wasn't. Slavery is a part of human history. And you don't like I'll make all the apologies in the world. I'm just telling you the United States. I agree with your statement that the that Americans have liberty in our bones. I agree with that, that in our DNA as a nation, we are different than other nations. However, I would say that we have a patchwork history of liberty and that, you know, the struggle is exhausting. That the state is an organization, as Thomas Jefferson said, it is an organization that it is its nature to grow. And how do you stop it? That's the question I have. You know, so far, we haven't really figured that much out. We're never going to be perfect, but we got to respect one another no matter what race we are, no matter what culture we are, no matter what religion we are. We have to respect one another. we got to take care of each other. That would be really nice. But the federal government people refuse to respect us. Jessica in Missouri, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jessica. Yeah, I wanted to speak about the government regulatory BS with regard to the legalized recreation of cannabis in Missouri. Okay. Missouri just voted to legalize recreational cannabis. Really? But now they have all these rules and regs. Of course. It's like, the um, yeah, well, it's like you have to, you know, pay $2,000 
just for the application for a license. Ugh. Even if you want to have your own weed, you know, it's like I thought that when they legalized recreational weed, it meant that the government would be hands off. <laughs> you could have your Surprise. own smoke your trees with a piece, you know, and everything would be hunky dory. Now, wait a minute. No. Just to clarify, are they actually telling people if they want to grow their own cannabis, they have to have a license for for home grow? Yeah, and you had to pay wow. $2,000 for the application for the license. So they could deny your application. You pay $2,000, yes. and they say, oh, whoops, you didn't fill the form out right. We'll just keep that $2,000 and have a nice day. Or, oh, we've given out Probably, too many licenses. Yeah, would, that sounds like the immigration system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I thought it just meant, you know, you could have your weed and, and do what you wanted to. The dispensaries could be for everyone instead of just the medicinal green card holders. It's like, no, it's going to be more regulation and more BS. And sure. More That's because they cannot let go of control. Right. They they said, oh, OK, this form of control known as prohibition has become unpopular. It's it's becoming politically unpopular. So we don't want to lose our offices and have people rise up and potentially, you know, throw us out or whatever. So we'll start changing our tune on legalization. But that doesn't mean they're going to let go of control. In fact, now you could argue they have even more control. Right. Like before, they didn't really have control over cannabis. It was just the illusion of it, right? Like, there was plenty of cannabis out there. You could yeah. easily purchase cannabis if that's what you wanted to do. Uh, and so they weren't stopping cannabis. They were just stopping a little bit here and there and then cheering about it real loud and acting like they'd done something. They were mostly something. putting black people in jail. Oh, and don't forget the taxes. We didn't even mention the taxes. Have they proposed what the taxing scheme is going to be there in Missouri at the the retail level? Because I know in some states, there's a three-layer tax. There's the grower's tax, the wholesaler's tax, and then the retail tax. Well, all I know about Missouri is when you buy cigarettes, there's a state tax, a federal excise tax, mm-hmm. a municipal tax and a regional tax on the cigarettes. Okay, but you haven't heard anything about than, uh, you haven't heard anything about the cannabis tax there? Not yet. Oh, okay. they'll tax the hell out of it though. Oh, okay, I'm confident okay. of that. Here it is. A uh, 6% state tax and a optional municipal tax of up to 3%. So, lower. That's, not that's bad. pretty low. Lower than uh, some of the western states like Colorado and and Washington. Yeah, frankly, as far as it com- goes with the tax, I uh, you know, I'd rather be taxed than jailed. Well, obviously, sure. most people would, yeah. but it's still not okay. I would also rather pay protection money than have my kneecaps broken. Hey, Jessica, thanks for bringing that up. I didn't know the good news. I mean, kind of good news about Missouri. I mean, the good news about regular about legalization is not all the things we talked about. That's all the bad side hey, of it. Tell me something. But, is is um, cannabis legal, uh, recreational cannabis legal in um No, but it is decriminalized, which means that we don't have any of those regulations at this time. And hopefully by the time we can sell it in stores. No, it's decriminalized, but sale is still a felony. Uh, so you can still buy it through whatever means you would buy it, right? Like if you buy it on the, the dark web or however it is, you, you could go travel down to Massachusetts or I guess now Vermont's got uh, recreational stores. Maine also Maine. has them. So you go to <laughs> any of those places, places and yeah, you're, you're committing a felony or whatever. Fe- Only 35 crime. miles from freedom, no matter where you are. In New yeah. Hampshire. You're committing a federal crime when you, when you take the cannabis uh, back across the border, apparently. But so far I haven't heard any cases of anybody getting, getting popped for that. So, you know, do with that information what you may. 
But uh, and I'm not a lawyer, so you know this isn't legal advice. But there's a lot of people that do that. You can go down to the stores and you see New Hampshire license plates at these at these facilities, that kind of thing. I don't the, think the federal government really wants to fight the interstate marijuana movement. Certainly, from if someone one took it to a, yeah. if someone took it to a jury, they'd have a good chance of uh, nullification on on that charge. But uh, so anyway. In New Hampshire, there is a decriminalized status, meaning that if you are caught with less than three-quarters of an ounce or less than five grams of a uh, concentrate form, then they can only issue you a $100 ticket. And I did a Freedom of Information Act request here in Keene. I requested the two years prior to the decriminalization going into play, so 2015 and 2016, and the two years after decriminalization, so 2018 and 2019, and I said, how many marijuana-related arrests or tickets were there issued in these time frames? And prior to decriminalization, it was like 76, and then after decrim, it was two. 76 is still not very many, but it's too many. Yeah. For one town. This isn't statewide. Yeah, right. right. So the point it's is, it's not enforced it. at this point. Rusty, he's in Texas. Rusty, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, how do y'all? I just want to start off by uh, <laughs> telling yeah, everyone else up, up there uh, fighting for liberty. Thanks so much for fighting the good fight and keep it up. Thanks, uh, Rusty. Yeah, lucky I'm praying for y'all. Uh, just to go back to a previous caller who was talking about how the U.S. is the greatest land of the free, home of the brave. That, that's true, but restrictions apply. I think that's been obvious throughout our history. Mm-hmm. George Carlin, late great George Carlin, he had a whole thing about rights and privileges. And where it's if you want to see about your precious rights, just Google Japanese internment camp 1942, and you'll find out all you need to know. Yeah. And more recently, I think that applies to the vaccine mandates that have been pushed out, you know, by our government on industries and the military, government employees, and the general public. And that leads me into the what's currently being discussed right now in Congress and the Senate is the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act which is usually a must-pass bill, funds the military, and it's right now the Republicans are trying to put in there a repeal of the vaccine mandate for the military. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage all of your listeners, anybody who wants a military that represents all of America, even the people who want to peacefully separate and have self-determination, they want those people in the military. They really want to get rid of the vaccine mandate. A lot of principal people who stand up are facing you know, getting thrown out. It's just ridiculous how they're pushing us out. Well, I will say this. Uh, My my wife, Bonnie, has a younger brother who is in the Air Force, and he has told his superiors that he is not going to get the vaccine. And they said that he would be terminated with cause or whatever the terminology is uh, in that case. But he hasn't been terminated yet. And it's been more than a year now since he you know, said, hey, look, I'm, I'm putting my, my foot down. I'm not going to take this vaccine. And they haven't gotten rid of him yet. So, I mean, I, maybe it's a bunch of BS. Maybe they're, uh, they're just bluffing in the first place. I would hope so. I know some people have been discharged already. Uh, currently, hmm. the process is... This backlog. I think the Air Force. There's some some lawsuits, a class action lawsuit that that put a stop to that. I mm-hmm. think the only branch that doesn't have a class action lawsuit is the Army. But what it looks like to me, how they're go working through the lines, it's basically active duty. They'll go through those applications first, and then reserve, and then National Guard. Well, it seems to me like a good excuse to get the hell out of the military. I mean, you know, another reason not to uh, stick around to potentially die at the hands of a bunch of uh, power-mad politicians. 
I agree with that assessment. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I think, though, in, in the interest of liberty, you should have principal people in there, even if you don't agree with necessarily in the function they have. They're just kind of falling worse to a certain degree. Major Payne in Michigan. Go ahead. Yes, let me properly enunciate my displeasure. This uh, crazy woman in California who's trying to teach people to talk wrong. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that's just... Wrongly, it, incorrectly. <laughs> it rubs my fur the wrong way in so yeah. many freaking ways. But uh, my favorite quote from the old boys who wrote the papers that we now are supposedly living by was Benjamin Franklin. And he says, those who give up essential liberties for implied safety deserve neither that's a fact yeah it's uh it's a good one i don't uh, you know it's it's always difficult to know who said what in those old quotes but um i i, I like the the idea of it okay now i want to play devil's advocate for this crazy broad in california all right Sometimes y'all don't hang, you hang up on me because I don't talk right, and, and I know I've heard you make fun of Jerome, and and and, and I rub my fur the wrong way. Too. I don't make so fun I, of Jerome for for how he talks. Joseph is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Joseph. Hey, how's it going, Ian? Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, hey, uh, just uh, following the uh, the Crypto Six case, and uh, thank you. Really hoping that you come out as victorious as possible really me too um yeah i mean as somebody who owns a uh, bitcoin atm business i mean it's a it's quite a grind i mean i just uh i moved all my machines out of connecticut actually because mm. they require a money transmitter license and to get that you need a fbi background check credit check you <sighs> you need a net worth requirement which is totally ridiculous i mean how many how many jobs out there require a, like a net worth to be able to operate? What's the net worth requirement? Uh, for Connecticut, it's a million dollars. So basically, only rich people can run Bitcoin vending machines in Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. The rich get richer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what licensure is, right? Protection. Like it's, it's the, for, yeah. Right. The, the intention is is to keep people out of the, the game. But yet New Hampshire doesn't require that license for running a, a Bitcoin vending machine, correct? Oh, well, uh, New Hampshire was actually really, really rough to get into, despite us uh, loosening the regulations. Really? Because you have this uh, lady there. Her name's Miriam Torben. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she's like in the banking commission. She approved my, uh, my previous bank, I mean, my previous Bitcoin ATM company. But mm-hmm. then when I started another one, I submitted basically the same paperwork. And then they're like, oh, well... Uh, they just gave me the runaround, and uh, because of you know New Hampshire, that that lady basically, uh, I just found out recently I had to buy a uh, a legal opinion, you know I had to spend like seven hundred bucks to do something that you know was already legal in New Hampshire. So even even if something's legal, uh, you're always going to get a roadblock by some kind of regulator somewhere. Huh, that's, that's interesting. That very same yeah. uh, bureaucrat you're referring to had gone in front of the New Hampshire Commission on Cryptocurrency and had testified that there are no regulations on Bitcoin vending unless you're doing uh, Bitcoin, uh, what they call money transmission, where you're you're allowing your customers to purchase from an exchange through your machine. Is that what you're doing? No, oh. it's not. 
that's that's weird then interesting so you're saying this Miriam torbin lady was actually like pro crypto ish no 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 i wouldn't say she's pro crypto i I would say that she her explanation of the uh regulation was this whole call strikes me as weird man Okay. Well, I know who this person is. He he owns a crypto vending uh, company here in, in New Hampshire. It okay. just sounds like he's having some trouble with some bureaucrats. I got Crichton on the line. He's in Kentucky. Go ahead, Crichton. Hi, guys. I wanted to call in and, and <clears throat> respond to something that my spirit host, Mark, said on Sunday hmm. about activists who don't do anything. Okay. Um, and this is a common problem, of course. Can you really call those people activists? <laughs> Inactivists. Well, they call themselves activists. They believe they're doing something by yelling at bad guys. Okay. And and I, and I wanted to, to talk about a book that I've had for years. I've given it away many years in a row. Um, and uh, it's called Building a Better World in Your Backyard Instead of Being Mad at Bad Guys mm, mm-hmm. uh, by Paul Wheaton and Sean Clausen Um And in it... It, it describes a lot of things that are like this that can be done, that, that individuals can actually do that change their world rather than spend their time writing angry tweets and yeah. sending them at people that, that, that telling them how to do their, their activism differently. Um, totally agree. And, and it, this has been a frustration for me too, but I know that you guys have a lot to do tonight. So I'm going to let that one Right there. Well, I mean, I, could, I just want to comment on it. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, people need to create alternatives. I know, Mark, you're trying to do this with your project down in Honduras is yep. to build uh, build an alternative without trying not, try not to ask permission too much and just going ahead and doing something. And nothing is more frustrating than people on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever social media just bellyaching about the government and calling themselves an activist. It's like, you know what? You want to do activism? Show us some results. What do you yeah, actually You need have? activity yeah. to be an activist. Yeah. Now, now some people are uh, moving to New Hampshire and they are getting involved inside the system stuff. And Mark is a critic of that. But, uh, but we've seen major success stories here in the inside the system world. We were just talking about Keith Ammon, who's been doing some great crypto uh, work within, you know, as he's a state rep. Uh, there's a bunch of other people that are doing great stuff. We have uh, a bill in this year to completely end the war on drugs. We've had secession in. And these are things that get people talking. They get issues brought forward. They get people considering new ideas. And that is how you change. Uh, one of the ways that you can change people's viewpoints is you get them to consider new things. So, But these people are approaching everything from the wrong perspective. Anyway, if they're motivated by anger, then they're, yeah. then they're coming at this from the exact wrong perspective they're only going to produce negativity if that's, that's right. the emotion that's motivating them instead of wanting to build something better they want to destroy something worse and while you could achieve something better by destroying something worse that's not the right mindset one should go about trying to change the world you just listened to the new extended free talk live daily digest we felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. 
Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.